This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Mom, thank you for simply trying, for always admitting that you didn't know it all, but you learned from one child to the next. Thank you for being all examples of both what to do and not do. You gave me permission to become the best parts of me. You encouraged me to stand firm on the foundation of God, believing that if I followed him, he would keep me. He has. I have watched you grow and evolve my entire life. This allowed me to know that change is continual and ever possible. You made me a woman that is resilient and wise. The journey through childhood was not simple, but I thank you for being the right mom for the trip. You are my mother, peace, prayer warrior, and messy friend when I need a laugh. I am the result of the greatest prayer you have ever prayed. Thank you. Trishel. Valeria interviews Trishel Thomas, M-E-D-L-P-C. She is a licensed professional counselor, educator, advocate, change agent, speaker, and owner of Progressing on Purpose Counseling. She is a Houstonian that has always had a heart for helping, healing, and teaching. She is a daughter, sister, aunt, wife, friend, and more. Her private practice birthed out of her desire to help the community as well as herself. She believes in the power of healing and being truthful with oneself to do the work. She stands by the fact that mental health awareness and practice is an art form that governs every aspect of our lives. She campaigns for accountability, growth, discipline, and reflectiveness. She stands by the belief that leading a life with a servant heart will bring about change that will ring through generations to come. This soon-to-be author has a mission and vision of being purposeful and intentional. Meet Trishel at popcounseling.com. Here's the interview with Trishel Thomas. In your own words, who is Trishel Thomas? Trishel Thomas is a person who grew up not liking herself, um, not understanding who she was or why the things around her was happening. Um, And then she grew up to kind of figure out her own individuality and becoming a teacher and a school counselor and then a licensed professional counselor and learning how to give back and help people in the areas that I needed help in um, that often were overlooked, not intentionally, but because self-awareness is big and you can only get that from yourself. And so I had to learn how to dig deep um, into my own self and then deal with those matters as they came. And so 
now I am a person who believes that anything's possible and whatever you put your mind to, such as me starting my practice, I didn't think I could do it at first. And now I just know that once you just take the step, all the other steps happen. Would you say that what you do today is the purpose of your life, your mission, or do you have a different name for it? No, I think what I do now is the purpose for my life because it's the thing that I could do for free, although I don't. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's the it. thing that, that yeah. I get a joy out of doing. It's the thing that I know that I'm supposed to be doing. So everything lined up perfectly. I see. And that's another question that I often ask. How do we know for sure when we are living our purpose? It's something that you would do for free and not require almost like it's something that it gives you so much joy that even if you're not compensated, it's okay. Are there other signs, Trishel, when it comes to purpose? I think the thing about knowing your purpose, because it's really a hard answer sometimes because people wait for the one particular thing. But I think that when something is for your purpose, it comes naturally to you. You you don't have to. You're not trying to be like other people. Um, you're not tapping into other people's gifts. So it's like you can see that your gifts are being used freely And so that's when you know that you're in alignment, because when you're not in alignment, it means that you're going to get something. So when you're doing something that's not your purpose, it's always going to seem like something is just not right. And so whenever you're in, you're in alignment, you'll see the flow. Things will become clearer to you and your awareness will be a little bit higher. Self-awareness is crucial. I absolutely agree. You just reminded me of something else. I noticed that some people around me, sometimes they confuse purpose with happiness in a sense of if I make enough money, then I will find my purpose in a sense of being happy. Then I'll have the house that I want to have. I will travel. I will do this and that. So how do we know the difference between finding purpose and being happy? I think the confusion, and you've made a great point about saying that when people say, if I have this, if I have that, then that'll be my happiness. Because we, uh, as humans, a lot of the times attach happiness to material things or things that are tangible. Um, purpose has nothing to do with things that are tangible at all. Um, I think that when you find your purpose, and that's why I said, hey, I think I could, do, I would do it for free. Because it's something that um, I like to do, but it's also something that even there's times where I'm like, Should I change my fees? Should I do this? And should I do that? And I always seem that everything that needs to happen or that needs to be taken care of happens and it, and it gets taken care of. And I haven't had to do anything related to the monetary value of anything. So I feel like the rewards, like you're rewarded for your purpose and things will happen in ways where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that happening. And so happiness is not tangible in itself. Um, there's a lot of people who are extremely wealthy, have the best of the best things and are truly unhappy. There is a passage in your bio that caught my attention, as I mentioned off record. You say she stands by the fact that mental health awareness and practice is an art form that governs every aspect of our lives. So mental health awareness in practice, how do you 
describe this practice and awareness of a mental health? The awareness and practice of mental health is because I tell people all the time in therapy, like coming to see me is not going to fix you. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> you, so true. You, you, you have to practice the things that yeah. you come to learn um, and you have to be self-aware because if you're not self-aware, that's where the mental breakdown comes from, because oftentimes a lot of us are living other people's lives. We're living other people's mind space. We're living out other people's dreams. Um, and that's why some people miss their purpose. So the uh, self-awareness, the mental health awareness is being honest to say, hey, something inside of me, something is not right. I'm, I'm not in alignment. I don't I don't feel fulfilled. Um, I am sad. Um, I do feel lonely. So whenever you can be able to tap into your own feelings, um, and be honest about them. I think that's when you become more aware and then you can, you're open. So you're more open to receiving tools and treatment. And when you get them, you're using them. You're not just learning them. Like you're deliberately intentional, um, about progressing on purpose. If there is a description or perhaps a destination for mental health, what would that be Trishelle? Um, I would probably say the place where, you know how a lot of times when people get like, you finally get that good sleep Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> and, yeah. and you can, you can yeah. feel like, oh my God, from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, I feel like I'm a new, that's when you tap into your, the new sense of mental health, the destination where you feel a new, where you feel like you're completely rejuvenated because you're doing the work from the inside out. I wonder if there is a place or a space per se, that's not really a space, is a, a way of being that is beyond mental health in a sense of always having peace, even though we didn't sleep well, even though we are going through challenges. Have you found that place? I'm speaking actually from a place of spirituality because that's yes. where I come from. So, yes. yeah, talk to me about that for a moment. So I think that a lot of the time and I ask my clients a lot when like in part of our opening interview is, do you have a belief system? Because I find oftentimes that the human nature, the, the education, the academic, all of those things are fine. But if you don't have anything that grounds your spirit, that's where you have a mental breakdown, where that's where, you know, the enemy, as they say, comes in to attack you because you have nothing guarding you spiritually. You have nothing that you uh, deem as a, I had a person tell a kid tell me one time, I wish I had religion or some kind of religion because then I would have something that would give me peace and tell me right from wrong. And I, I really thought about the fact that, you know, a lot of the times I'm able to go into a place with God where I am more sacred than being in therapy, where I am more at peace because he's a God who he says, ask me questions, seek and you will find and these different things. And so a lot of the times I'm able to tap into my spirit when the books don't work, when the reading doesn't work, when when the outside sources are no longer available, it's that one thing that I know that in the closet, in the car, in the school, in the job, like I'm always able to go to that place with that God mm -hmm. to do the work that I need to be done. I love that combination of um, 
science and spirituality, psychology and spirituality, Mm -hmm. they just go beautifully together. And with that in mind, I do have another question for you about this relationship, if you can call it relationship. It seems to me like God, it's here. It never left us. It's always there and it was never hidden, but we are not really... Sometimes we're not open to see it. So mm-hmm. when did you establish this trust in God? There was a, a moment in time or? Um, I was small and I, or a young girl, and I, I always grew up in church, but it wasn't the aspect of church. I used to hear things, like hear things. And I used to always like wonder where was you grow up thinking, hey, it's your conscience, it's your conscience talking to you. And I grew up understanding the difference when some people say, well, I don't know what God's telling me. I don't know. And it took me to get older and things to happen for me to realize, like, that's what that has been this whole time that always made me right, make the right decision. The thing that said go left when I wanted to go right. And so I was probably about as young as about five. And I sung my first song at church. And after I sung the song, it was almost like I could hear that resonating, the words were resonating in me and it gave me peace. And so I always knew that there's things that human can, humans can't explain. There's things that will happen in your life that you know it had to have been something bigger than a human that could able be to be able to do that. And so I was able to recollect moments in time down to five years old where I know there was no way that happened by luck or by chance right. that had to been grace. It's very intuitive and it's very personal, isn't it, Trishel? Absolutely. There's no way. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and it's crazy because they always or they say, I, I always could hear older people say, well, you got to live a little bit longer and know God for yourself. And that is absolutely true because whatever your God is, you have to know him for yourself. You're not getting anywhere on the strength of someone else's else's faith. Another open question, since we're talking about God, this is very open. What, where, and who is God to you? To me, God is spirit. Um, He is all things. He's omnipresent. He is exactly what you need him to be when you need him. And by that, I also mean God has a way, in my opinion, as being the therapist and and putting that there for you. So he's like the way maker all the time. And he's the spirit that guides you. He's the, he's the voice that you hear. Um, He is the person who gives you the ability to know that in the end, all things will work together for your good. Um, And I believe that God is a source um, and he's the source of all things, but I, I love that he gives us free will. So he is a God who, who allows us to have our own free will, because in that case, we get to trust him. We get to choose him um, because he doesn't have to beg us for anything. He doesn't owe us anything. So he allows us to make the choice to receive him um, and to be open to his will and to his way. Wow. And that's how I see God. Yes, that makes sense to me from the perspective of being here in the human body, because that was one of my greatest, biggest questions to myself. What am I doing here, going through all these challenging experiences, this suffering, 
the inevitable ones and then the sufferings that I'm um, kind of I'm choosing to take upon. So Mm -hmm. my question was always why, why, why? And then changed, of course, and evolved. But I wanted to ask you another question now. From your perspective, so God has given us the free will to be here in a human body, to go through the human experience in order to know who God is. That's the only purpose of this experience. Or do you see something else behind it all? I think that it's not only to go through the experience, but you know how the word says, you know, to love like Christ love and to love and forgive like God forgives us. So he gives, it's almost like your own children, you birth them and then you you hope they grow up and you want to send them out into the world because you want the world to see what you did. And, and I feel like that's God's way of saying, here are my children and and they, they are behaving. They are walking in alignment with me. They are choosing my way. And so now you get to experience a little bit of me while you're still in the human form before you get here. And so I think that that's why he gives you the will and he he desires that you choose him. But you're you're a reflection of him. So I, I say all the time, like, Lord, like help people to see you in me by what I do so that they know, like, oh, he must be good. Or he must be great. Um, he must be powerful. So it's not only just to be here, it's to be a reflection as best as possible for him. So uh, let me ask you another open question. What are some of the obstacles to healing? Why do some people choose not to heal? Which is almost like, why do some people choose not to be the reflection of God? To me, healing and spirituality is one. I think that the reason why people um, choose not to heal is because oftentimes people don't know how. Um, And oftentimes we all avoid things that we don't know how to do. We like to tap into the places where we are best. (laughs) And so when you can't heal is when, when you don't know how. And also everybody knows healing means to conquer and to settle in on and to dissect the places you don't want to go. And to do the work that is going to cause you to be uprooted, because I, I, I say that people who don't like healing are like to live inside of their excuses. So if you if I if I change, if I heal myself, I can't use that as an excuse anymore. <laughs> like I can't I can't I can't tell people why I'm not doing this, why I'm not getting up doing that, why I'm not making this choice, because I could hide behind my trauma all the time. So if I, you know, get upset with God and I just choose to just ignore him and not follow him. Now I have a right to do whatever I want because there's nothing governing me, governing me now. <laughs> and so healing is avoided because it keeps people in the space that they are comfortable by not doing the work. That is sad to hear, isn't it? That we become comfortable with pain and suffering, basically. Do you see pain and suffering as the same concept or pain? It's something different from suffering. Um, I think pain and suffering in hindsight could be different because you can heal and experience your pain and allow yourself to go there, but you don't allow it to take you down. 
and you and you don't sit in it and you don't let it fester. And so I think that pain and suffering are separate because everyone experiences pain. Not everyone suffers. That is so true. So suffering away, it's just letting pain stay. It's not going through the process, the painful process, right? It's basically not open that door to healing. It makes a lot of sense. So you're writing a book that, speaking of healing, (laughs) that is titled The Little One Holding You Back. That could be the working title too. You're not sure at this point Mm -hmm. as we spoke. But talk to me about what the book is about, the main inspiration for writing this book, and also the intention for show. The reason for writing the book has been in my head for a really long time. And at this point, I'm like, okay, I got to get this out of my head. Um, But writing it came from being the little girl younger and being able to be honest as I got older and realizing there are so many people around you that are just like you. Um, And there are so many people that are suffering. And uh, there is a lot of grown adults Um, who are still childlike in nature because the little person that they're carrying around is not healed yet. So they're old enough, they're big, they're grown, they work, and they're still just this little kid kicking and screaming around and it needs to be healed in order for them to get fulfilled or find purpose in those places. And so the book is about a many different trials and tribulations as a younger person growing into an adult um, and working through them. And so the book is just kind of life stories of of me and other people around me and life in general um, and being able to say, hey, there's somebody else like you. And but there's also healing available. So let's see, before we talk about a little bit more about the book, I wanted to go through some of the services that you offer. So you offer individual therapy, couples therapy, family therapy, and you also engage in um, speaking, speaking, right, which is wonderful. Are you open to new clients at this time? And do you offer sessions online and offline as well? I do. I offer face-to-face and virtual sessions. I, you know, um, the world of COVID changed a lot, a lot in everyone's lives. And so I think that allowing people to have that option is important. Um, and so I do. Let's go back to the book. So the section that you sent to me, you begin with a letter to your father and mother, your mother and father in order. Mm-hmm. I love the letter that you wrote to your mother. I was just reading it and kind of uh, feeling those feelings. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, what insights have you gained even by writing that piece? Because it's very profound the way you speak of her. There's a section where you say, Mother, you encouraged me to stand firm on the foundation of God. The journey through childhood was not simple, but I thank you for being the right mom for the trip. You are my mother, peace, prayer, warrior, and messy friend when I need a laugh. (laughs) I am the result of the greatest prayer you have ever prayed. Thank you. You said a lot more than that, but Mm -hmm. this section caught my attention. I think um, my mother is kind of like, in my opinion, you know, everyone's mother's great to them. (laughs) But I think my mother's great in a sense because my mom never really, she never, 
hid or shied away from things that she did wrong or um, when there was a parenting mistake or, you know, she never showed signs of her like well one would say because my mom was a parent young and so but she never showed signs of that it was never an excuse it was always a reason to you push forward you do this and just because I didn't doesn't mean you won't and so my mom ensured that she counted up everything that she she felt like she did not achieve or did wrong and she ensured that we did it and so I think that that is because there's a lot of parents who are jealous of their children or um, they desire their children to stay or be exactly like them and my mom went out of her way to make sure that I did everything um, the opposite and also better and she taught me she taught me how to love like Christ and I'm still working on it. <laughs> yes, we are. For sure. She taught me that to, to love to a different place. And so I'm, I'm proud of that to be able to have that consistent. Um, and my mom's not biased. She that's one thing I appreciated. It was never we were right because we were her kids or she defended us. Um, my mom held us to a high standard and I think it helped. Yeah, she was fair and yeah. wise. That's wisdom to me. Yeah, um, very much. And I guess now it's a good time to talk about your father and the uh, imprints that he left in you, unfortunately. So talk to me about how that influenced you, him not being present. My, my, I, you know, as a young kid, I remember I used to make like very bad remarks or say little snippet things about him because he was absent and my mom would always stop me. And that's one thing I'll remember forever. My mom would always say, you better find a way to find some respect because you would not be here had he and I not gotten together, whether it was lasting for a long time or not, you would not be alive. Um, and despite how you may feel, um, we're not going to harbor on his choices. You need to make sure, but you always find some respect though, because although he's absent, he's still your father. And so it, that stuck with me. But as I got older, I learned how to forgive him and not be upset with him. Um, I learned how to accept his being as a person, um, and not to condemn him for what he didn't know how to do. Um, and so I grew to say, well, what did he know how to do? Well, what did he do? And I was like, well, he stayed away. What does that mean? He stayed away because in, instead of inflicting on me what he did not know how to do, he just did nothing. And for me, I feel like that's great because I don't have bad memories. I just have a memory of an absence. I don't have, oh, he did this to me or he didn't tell me the truth or, you know, so and so and so forth. So I don't have things that I can really point out by experience to say that he did wrong. I just know his absence. And I felt like that was fair enough to me um, because things can always be worse. Um, I could have been subjected to things that I can account and recount and it could have been something different. So I try my best not to change my life in my mind. Like, you know, if I had a different this or if I had a different that, I just try to take it for what it is. And so um, he's a human. 
being and he is a person and he has his own story and his story may not have allowed him to be the dad that I may have wanted or someone else may have thought he should have been. Um, but I just thank him for helping me get here. <laughs> That's a powerful insight that your mother didn't put you against your father, right? And that happens a lot, unfortunately. The resentment, right? And we are passing on the legacy again. So I guess the question that comes to me is, how was the, the forgiveness process like? And for those who are listening, how do we learn to forgive people like uh, who have done things that they were not aware of? I love the way you say that, right? We all have our own stories and we don't do things or we do things for a reason. But how was it for you, the forgiveness process? And how do we learn to do the same? Um, I learned to forgive him by one, having the conversation with him. I had to be bold enough to say, okay, well, it's time to talk to him when I got to high school, you know? Um, and I had to be open in that conversation to not be closed down and closed minded, um, because I wasn't going to get what I needed. Um, and so I was able to have the conversation. It may not have changed a lot, you know, in life, it didn't create a ginormous new relationship, but what it did was it allowed me to speak a piece. It allowed me to not be silent. I was able to express myself. And then I was able to forgive him because I knew at some point I was going to need forgiveness from somebody for something. <laughs> so so I was I needed to extend the same grace. I always try and I teach um, people to extend the same grace you ask for. And so that helped me. And I just knew if I if I held on to it, if I if I if I just held it in the palm of my hand and didn't let it go, um, I wasn't going to get far because that was going to just be one of my excuses that I made. Um, this right. didn't happen because uh, I didn't have a dad and I and I didn't mm. want excuses. And you said that earlier about um, the obstacles to healing. Right. Um, right. Those excuses just to keep ourselves comfortable in that place that we believe we know. So it's actually that we think we know, unfortunately. So it right. is um, actually being open to the unknown as well, right, Rochelle? Healing, being open to life and not closing yes. doors. Another passage that you write that caught my attention, you say, every woman can recall at least one time where she has let a man mistreat her just to have one around because their dad wasn't. Yeah, that also stopped me because it has been my case. So what is your suggestion for people like myself who have been through a lot of trauma, abuse and trauma in childhood, and it's still have been doing and still doing a lot of the healing work and spiritual work, but I, I'm still seeing the reflection of those traumas here. I think the the thing I would say is um, not only boundaries, because boundaries are important, um, but if you don't have an expectation, then you don't have a boundary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you right. have to you have to grow to understand what what do you expect mm. Um, mm. out of people, and it's not. And I put, I know people say, well, if you expect things out people, you'll get your you're gonna get your feelings hurt, or you're gonna you're gonna get hurt regardless. Like like uh, life is not gonna spare you because yeah. <laughs> you don't have expectations. I think the expectations for is not for others. It's for you. I expect this. And so you don't have to do that. 
just know that encountering me, this is what I'm expecting. Um, and so I think to have the expectation creates the boundaries. And so then that people get in line and people respect, because it's almost like being a child. People only do to you, do children will do with and to people things that they know that they can. So they know that they're not going to ask this parent for the candy at nighttime because they know what this parent's going to say. So people will know, hey, I'm not going to yell at her because I know she's not going to accept me yelling. Um, so people only do to you what you let them. I needed to hear that. <laughs> That's a big one um, and a tough one still, yes. I guess, because of, of fear, isn't it? It seems like, um, I mean, in my case, it seems like I've been, I'm afraid of, my mother used to be very violent. So I mm -hmm. couldn't really express myself or create any expectations. So as you that's say. the little mm -hmm. girl part of you. She's she's muted um, and fearful, and she was taught to you know to to lay low. <laughs> ah, you know, lay, yes. lay low. Um, yeah. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And so that's the part of you that that needs that to, to get cleaned up. So you don't have to tuck your head a little bit or, you know, uh, walk on those eggshells. Oh, my God, Trishelle. Yes. Ah, and I've been doing so much work and I, I'm, I'm engaged with all these amazing conversations here. I write and I do a lot of spiritual work, but it's not that's not enough. It's, it's just that we have I have to go deeper. And that's what mm -hmm. it is to, to get that courage. Yes. As the, the child who suffered, uh, who couldn't speak. And now she's still here and afraid of that, of speaking mm -hmm. her truth. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I needed to hear, though. Let's see. I'll let you know <laughs> how that will, what will happen from that. But there's something else you say. You say, one thing that little girls must understand is that no man can give you something that they do not possess. So this is another powerful truth that we fail to uh, a lot of times. We just ignore it or um, deny. That is so true. In this case... When we're already in the marriage and we are mm -hmm. trying to make it work, let's say, uh, we are dealing with adults, like my husband is 63, I'm 45. Mm -hmm. So, and he has a lot of uh, wounds, unhealed parts in him that I can mm -hmm. see clearly. So I know he cannot give to me answers, mature, wise answers a lot of times in the sense of responses to circumstances and situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering how do we uh, dance that dance in a sense of, teaching or passing this wisdom to somebody close to us in a sense of um, encourage them to see what they have because they do have, we all do have that power within us, the healing power, but right. some of us fail to see that too. So yeah, I'd love for you to uh, elaborate on that. Um, I feel like change changes people. And so a lot of times or we, we're waiting on someone to change or, you know, as we the older people get there, like, oh, they're never going to change. They're, they're too old. They're set in their ways. I think that a lot, if we learn how to change ourselves, then everything around us will change in reaction to our change. So if I um, if I uh, have a group of friends and I allow those friends that every time we go out to eat or every time we go somewhere, I always pay and they never, you know, help in that sense. I don't have to complain about what they don't do. I just have to stop doing it. Mm 
And so when I stop doing this, they will learn. And it doesn't mean that they may stop paying or start paying on when we go out. They may just stop going out with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah they, they may they will just <laughs> learn how to alter and that will be fine. So it would mean, hey, I got what I wanted. I was able to make a change. And by that, the things around me changed. Um, so sometimes you have to lead change by example in order for people around you to do the same thing. Yes, that's another powerful message that I need to hear. <laughs> Again, me and pretty much everybody else, <laughs> most <laughs> <Right>. of us, <laughs> we need right. to be reminded. Yeah, that goes back to the main topic of our conversation today, which is going from victim to victor, not having that mindset to hold us right. back. It's uh, ongoing work, isn't it, to share? It, it doesn't really stop anywhere. Yeah, and Michelle Obama said in her book, Becoming, like, you're, ne you're, you're never arriving. Yeah, <laughs> you, right. You've never arrived. Right. You're always becoming. And, and that's very true. Um, when you realize like, OK, when I turn 40, uh, I haven't just hit the milestone and that's it. I, I'm always going to be trying in hopes that I'm always going to be trying to do some work. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. As long as we are open and we are still trying to do the work and doing the work, then good things might happen. All good chains, right? They right, not be things, right. but just chains. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. So we're almost at the end of this conversation today. And I want to thank you again for your presence. Um, your wisdom is very clear. Your intention is beautiful. And I love the way how true you are <laughs> with your message. It's very straightforward. And uh, it's exactly what we need to hear. I need to hear for sure. Thank you. So thank you so much, Trishel. There's some other notes I made here from part of your book, where which is not published yet. You will. Please let me know so I can have yes, that as a I note. Am. I'm going to get on this. <laughs> yeah, let me know. So <laughs> let's see. When you say, I have grown to learn that I will not hold myself hostage for something that I had no part in creating. So that's another very profound message knowing that all the challenges that we went through in life, we didn't create that. It was already there, created by other people. Although I do believe in, in karma, in the sense of uh, mm -hmm. mind continuation, that we are coming back here for a reason. I'm not sure if I can elaborate on that. Of course, it has not been established yet, um, but it really feels like that's what it is. So in a way, we are creating our, our experiences, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I think the thing about, and I, I do agree with you in the aspect of karma, and you know, a lot of times karma to other people sounds really bad. Yeah, like it's bad, like, you know, I think yeah. that it's more aligned spiritually to you will reap what you sow, though. Um, and and you know, every action we make in the world, when we show up in the world, we're seed planting. So you're dropping pieces of you and pieces of something that's going to grow. So either the seeds are going to be good or they're going to be bad and they're going to grow. Right. <laughs> and, you, and they say, hey, you know, the fruits of your labor or the, your fruits. So either you're going to have good fruit or you're not. Um, and I think that it's very important to watch how you are in the world. Mm, right, um, I think it's right. important to um, not be bound to things you didn't do. Um, 
you know, so in, in relationship or in marriage, as you know, and um, I'm married as well. And sometimes it's, it's coming together. And so you're like, oh, their things are my things. Their stuff is my stuff. Like, you know, right. like, yeah. you know, and that's the their inner stuff becomes your stuff. And so what you have to learn as a person is to not take on other people's things or because your trauma is not being worked on. I don't have to be victimized for your trauma. Right. Uh, like you, 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 I don't have to be bound to that. Um, and that's where the boundaries and the changes and doing the work comes from. Gosh, you have to publish that book. <laughs> Your message. I need to finish next week. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, we need to hear that. We need those messages out there. Yes, so true. I mean, it has been now it's like we're exactly where I am after so many years of work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like creating those boundaries, the expectations becoming more my own my own guide not letting those thoughts or the behaviors and the feelings of others to become mine but that is also part of uh, personality you probably heard about it the empathic or empath people they mm-hmm. tend to do that yes. that's something that i have done my entire life and now only now i'm becoming aware of that that empathy has a, a good per se and not yes. so good side yeah it's a curse and a gift <laughs> right Yeah, exactly that. So I have a few ending questions. Before that, would you like to add anything else you left unsaid or read a passage from the section you sent in your book? Um, I want to thank you for um, doing exactly what you do, which is purposeful um, and being able to highlight people, big and small, and being able to get out to many people um, things that they may have heard, may need to, to hear again, or this could be the conversation that you're having with people could be the thing that sparks somebody's new beginning. And so um, although we're writing or things are, are happening, you are being used uh, and showcasing in your gifts, helping other people's gifts to grow, which is ultimately a part of healing nature because you're helping people do that. So I appreciate you for that and for you being an honest person to be able to share your own messages, which in turn will make a human connection to whomever you speak to. Thank you, Trishel, for recognizing that. I have heard that We cannot see in others what is not in us. So it's almost like a mirror. It's reflecting. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being that reflection. Mm -hmm. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? The three things I wish people would experience, one of them would be to truly come to a place where they've accepted who God is what he does and where he's taking them. So to really give their will over to him and follow his will. Um, That's one. The second thing I would uh, hope for everyone is to make peace with people who's had them in a bad place. So to stop making excuses and to go to the people whom have held them bound in their minds and be able to to do the work so that that person and and them can also be free to make those men's. And then the other thing I would probably say is for everyone to do the thing that they love to do without consequence of the thoughts of others. Yes, a trillion times to all of those truths. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being open to life, open to divine messages, (laughs) 
divine energy, which we call God. Some of us might use different names, mm -hmm. life, universe, but it's the same thing. It's love. So thank you so much for your presence and everything else in between that could be felt today too, Trishel. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much again. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, the book that you're writing, your services and future projects? Okay, so on Facebook, it's Pop Counseling. So my counseling practice is Progressing on Purpose Counseling. And so to make it jazzy, it's just P.O.P. Counseling. And then you can find the same uh, P.O.P. Counseling on Instagram. And I am currently getting this book edited. So yeah, I yes. can get myself together <laughs> and stop making excuses. And so um, I'm hopefully we'll have that done at the top of the year, of course. And then being able to be on Amazon and then all the places on Instagram and Facebook will be able to find the book when I'm finished. Yes, wonderful. And please send me the link yeah, when you have it. Thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Trishel. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Trishel Thomas and her work, please visit popcounseling.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.